All right, we are back and standing by to join us on the next segment is author Mary Sheeran. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. It's actually good afternoon where I am. And where are you? I'm in uh, New York, in Manhattan. Oh, wonderful. I grew up there. Oh, where? East 86th Street. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in Chelsea for a long time. Okay. No, I know that area as well. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Um, I was in and out of the city even after I left. We moved to Connecticut, and uh, I love the city. I love the whole vibe of the city. So tell me, how did you become a writer? Give us a sense of your backstory. Oh, I can't really remember where I wasn't a writer. I've been, uh, I remember when I was uh, 10, writing a whole, you know, those marble tablets you used to have in school. I would just write stories through all of those. And I was always thrilled by a blank sheet of paper in front of me or, you know, something. Um, And I love, I still love the feel of a pen in my hand. I still write in longhand and type it in uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. But I was, I've been writing, um, I walked into a uh, local paper. I lived in a small town. I walked into a, a local paper and the editor and I said, you need a teenage column. It was a weekly paper. It came out you know, on Thursday. That's great. And for a little time, he said, okay, write a sample column. So I did, and he liked it. So I would get $5. Or it, I got a raise to $8 okay. uh, a week for for the column. And I took the money, and I took ballet lessons with it. Oh, I love it. And that, well, that was the point. My mother didn't want me to take ballet. And um, so I was doing that. I was, I was editing the school paper. I was doing that sort of thing. But... Then when I was a senior, I thought, I'm going to write a novel, and I took those marble tablets again. I took 12 marble tablets, filled them with a, a book that I would never <laughs> show anybody. It was really <laughs> awful, but but that was, you know, it's just it's just something that I have, I have always done, I've always been doing in some way, shape, or form. That's fantastic. But you're also creative in other ways. I know you have a background in acting, and you sing opera. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when I first came to New York, uh, I, um, I don't know, they had something against legitimate sopranos at the time, oh. and that's what I've trained for. There were all these little girl voices on Broadway and belting, and I thought, well, you know, I tried that for a bit, and I said, no, well, that's not me. So um, the one thing that was left to me was opera, which I hadn't really been part of. I wasn't, I was more of a musical comedy person, still am. And, but I did, uh, I, I found lots of, of outlets for it, and I sang in um, small companies in, in Manhattan. I did uh, Mimi and La Boheme, which is still my favorite role. And Noreen uh, and Don Pasquale, which is comic, and uh, another comic opera, La Fille de Régiment, I did that. And I did a, um, a bit of, of Gilda in... Uh, um, Rigoletto, and uh, some op- I did recitals, uh, concert recitals that was not just the 19th century music, but contemporary composers, okay. and uh, I did uh, a lot of that. And then um, performing-wise, I've done I've done plays, uh, a couple of plays in uh, one a couple of years ago was the last actual play I was in, mm-hmm. straight play, and uh, steady acting on and off. And I did uh, about. Uh, 10 years I was doing cabaret shows in New York. Busy lady. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also trying to earn a living because you can't earn a living for most of that. Of course. Um, at least not in New York. So and, 
Yeah. Tell me how this book came about and give us a sense, without giving too much away, Banished from Memory. How did that come about? That, uh, I have written, I had written a book called, uh, Who Have the Power, which, uh, a historical novel set in the 1860s in, in the Comstock Road, California, Nevada. However, there was a kind of a time travel element to it. And when I finished that book, I, um, I wanted to write something about family secrets and something more contemporary. But one of the characters in the contemporary part of the book, said, no, you're not done with me yet. And uh, you're, my family secrets are better than your family secrets. So uh, that character became Diana Fletcher, and uh, she was an older woman when you meet her. Actually, she had a different name in Who Have the Power, but I liked the character. And I was fascinated, too. There was um, something about the year 1960 with the Kennedy election and so forth. I wanted to put her in that time. And uh, so it, it sort of all evolved out of out of that. But originally it was the character who said, my family has a secret. And at the time I didn't know what it was, but I had to, I found out later it had all the blacklist. Now, wh- why do you think you were so uh, interested in the blacklist as part of your storyline? I, I was uh, somewhat horrified and intrigued by it. I've had a very murky understanding of it. It was all kind of tied up with Joe McCarthy and um, the movie The Manchurian Candidate. That was pretty much my understanding of it. Uh, but I, I was a kid during the Cold War, so I knew some of, I had had um, feelings about that when I was a kid. I was very conservative about it. I thought the Russians were infiltrating all parts of society. Um, I'm not I'm not there at that at right now, but mm-hmm. the... the um, when I was getting into it, when I was discovering what it was, it's really denying people's ability to make a living at their chosen profession because of what they believe, not because of what they've done, and not even because of what they believe, but what other people think what they believe, and and completely throwing you out of your own living. And um, in uh, Joe McCarthy was interested in the set in, in the Senate. He was in, involved with the, the military and with the, um, the State Department, whereas the the House on American Activities Committee concentrated more concentrated more on entertainment and movies and um, even folks and singing like Pete Seeger and so forth. But it was they initially started with um, with the movies in '47 after the war, and it was. It was a, a, a period where the entire United States government was involved in this because Truman, a Democrat, instituted the loyalty oath program where every federal employee had to take a loyalty oath to the to um, the United States. The uh, um, and the motion picture, the Supreme Court upheld um, convictions of the Hollywood Ten screenwriters. Uh, they were. They were arrested, they were jailed for contempt of Congress, um, wow. not for being communist. Okay. And then, and the Supreme Court upheld that. And the Congress, of course, in their investigations, and none of the investigations turned up anything in, you know, propaganda in the movies. They, there were congressmen saying, oh, it's a wonderful life, it's communist propaganda, which is, you know, really silly. Yeah. Um, but a lot of silliness, but also silliness that destroyed a lot of people's lives, and that that danger of 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 
of not being able to tolerate other viewpoints than your own as part of supported by the entire governmental structure pretty much is pretty scary and probably scarier than some of the things we're going through now. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with author Mary Sharon about her latest book, Banished from Memory. What else would you like listeners to know about this book and also your process, what it was like doing your research for this? Well, it was a fun process and, and uh, lots of lots of movies. I, ha- I had to watch all the movies. <laughs> um, and that was fun and, and uh, figure out where the story was because it involves the whole family. The whole family is movie stars. Mom and Dad are movie stars for 20 years and the kids are all stars and they have those three kids. Diana is the focus of the book. She's 16 and it's a coming of age for her. Um, so, but she's coming of age as an actor and she's coming of age politically and so also romantically. Um, but, and she's un- and uncovering the family secrets. But to do this, I had to find out uh, look at movies from like the late 1930s where her parents would have been uh, involved um, through the 60, early 60s and then Diana's uh, when she was involved. So I was watching a lot of movies. I have a bookcase filled with DVDs and Blu-rays of these movies. And that was fun. Uh, the other th- And understanding the history of, of movies at that time and the changes in the industry that affect how we are looking at movies today, the the studio system collapsing and so forth. Um, and then there was the political um, ramifications and uh, understanding the blacklist. And of course, there were tons of books on that, but I found a few very good ones. Um, one of the surprising ones was he actually is based a character, the character of Bill Royce, who is um, Diana's nemesis to some extent, but then a, a growing with complex friendship. He was based slightly on actor Robert Vaughn. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Vaughn. No. He died a couple years ago. He was a character actor straight through. He worked very, um, almost his entire career um, as a character actor. But in the mid-60s, he was uh, a big television star, the James Bond of television, and a TV series Man from UNCLE. And while he was doing that, he was also getting his uh, Ph.D., and he was writing a dissertation on the blacklist, and which is kind of what wow. the Bill, Bill Royce's character does. He's, uh, his career is rising, and he's doing a dissertation on the blacklist, slightly different from Robert Vaughn's. But his book, Vaughn's book, is called Only Victims, and it's a wonderful introduction because he, he is very deliberate and specific, and his evidence is incredible. And he did it in the 60s, which was kind of dangerous because um, some of the universities were getting their funds cut off if they were um, espousing a particular point of view. That stopped. Interesting. But he, yeah. he was able to, he, he did it, he did his through Southern Cal. And uh, he interviewed a lot of people involved in the blacklist. And as I said, it was a little dangerous to do that because the, it was not really over in the early 60s. It was, there was still, um, people were very, very um, unwilling to talk about it. And you see that in um, when he does interviews with, with people where he, he had a survey that he did with, and people, with some, some people are willing to answer. Uh, because it was, they just felt it was too dangerous to express their political beliefs, and and that 
uh, that that was pretty scary. But it's a wonderful introduction, if you want to call it wonderful, <laughs> to the blacklist. Um, so, and it also affected broadcast television, our own. Uh, the wonderful days of the 1950s, um, some of the, the, the family situation comedies, the crime, the law, the, the perspective, people were very scared to put anything co- too controversial um, on television, which was very new, and that affected what we saw in the 1950s on television. Um, nobody wanted to shock anybody, which is completely different now. Oh, it sure <laughs> is. So, Mary, unfortunately, we have to wrap, but where can people mm-hmm. find out more about you? Um, well, the uh, BanishedFromMemory.com is the specific book. Mary Sharon, and you spell my last name just the way you spell Ed Sharon's name. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Sharon uh, Books.com uh, is, uh, has all my books on it. You can get my books on Amazon.com, and well, any BarnesandNoble.com, Books a Million, any, any place. You can Got walk it. into a bookstore and order it. I don't think it's on the shelves. Okay. Um, and and that's is pretty much available all over. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been really interesting. Uh, if people again give me, your, are you on uh, Facebook? Did you give us your Facebook? Or? I'm on Facebook. Banished from memory is the name of the book. Don't forget it. Fantastic. All right, Mary. Thank you so much. And if you missed any part of my conversation with Mary, it will be up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Have a great day, Mary. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. So we're going to take a mini break, and then we'll be back. I have a few more guests calling in, and uh, hope your Monday is off to a great start. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.